0: Hi! Oh, my God. Welcome to the 28th episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Malia. How's it going on this nice cold morning, which is actually not too bad out, so...
1: I know. We just got snow yesterday yep. on the... Well, I thought board. it was two
0: days ago. Or was it yesterday?
1: Yesterday. Because okay. yesterday morning, I got up for work and I looked out the window, remember? And I was like, oh, my God. And yeah, you got like, scared. You're like, ah! <laughs>
0: No, but yeah, no, it's fun. I miss Snow, so this is nice.
1: I did not miss it at all. <laughs> so.
0: So, yes, today we have a little fun little activity that we would like to discuss.
1: Yeah, again, we're we're taking a small break from our remake Cause, debate cause topic.
0: We, we've done, like, three of them so far, yeah, and, we, like, continuing.
1: Yeah, we just did our third one last week, and we're working through the next one. We just finished watching the original movie, and... <sighs> This one has two remakes, which I wanted to really take the time to go over and watch and get my notes ready. So, mm-hmm. I figured this week we'll do something a little bit different. We'll, we'll still be talking about horror movies, but... Going in a bit of a different direction. Very much and, of a
0: different direction, indeed.
1: But before we get into that, I just wanted to acknowledge some things. Okay, first of all, I'm doing a face mask while we do this podcast. So if my voice starts to sound a little bit strained or monotone, it's because I'm really trying to talk without giving too much emotion on my face. <laughs> Because I don't want to crack my face mask and get it all over the place, so... Yeah,
0: but you know what? You look so cute right now. Once you're done with the charcoal, your face will be so soft.
1: Yeah, and it's not one of those peel-off masks. It's one of those ones where you put it on, you let it dry, and then you rinse it off with warm water. I usually do these right before I go into a shower. Hmm. And I'm I think the...
0: she's going to take a shower today, then.
1: Yes. So, I'm going to be doing that while I do this podcast. And then... Another thing I wanted to address is that I'm sure a lot of you know who have Spotify or know podcasters who stream through Spotify. They just did their 2020 wrap-up statistics for listeners and podcasters. And,
0: and, I, that- and I want to give my big shout-out to the three podcast uh, shows that I've been listening to through this year, mm-hmm. not, not including ours because ours was on the list as well. Mm-hmm. But the 3 that I'd give a big shout out to is the Scrubs podcast with Zach Efron and uh the, the
1: No, Zach Efron. G- no, not
0: Zach Efron. Zach Braff. Zach Braff and <laughs> the man who uh, plays his um his co-star uh, uh Turk.
1: Mm-hmm. You don't know his name, do you?
0: <sighs> He's probably going to hate me. But no, um and that's a great show. But then also we have uh Last uh, the last podcast on the left which is a great podcast. You guys should definitely go check that one out. If you love horror movies and stuff like that, go listen mm-hmm. to that one. Mm-hmm. And then my buddy, my best friend, Adam Kramer, he has his show called "The um, So I've Been Told, which he talks to a lot of local musicians and some bigger musicians he's talked to, but he mainly talked to locals, uh, local artists. Mm-hmm. And he is great. He's a great guy. He's funny, intelligent, and definitely go listen to his show. It's definitely worth it.
1: Yeah. And then... Uh, for me, I, I kind of handle a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff with this podcast. So I was the one who got the email with all of our statistics from Spotify now. for this year's wrap-up. So, so far, it, it tells you your voice resonated around the world and how many countries we've reached. So far this year, we've reached four countries. Like mm-hmm. we mentioned over the past, we have listeners in Canada, Germany, France ireland dominican republican uh turkey singapore and a few others Does that, and yeah and i again want to thank you all for taking the time mm. to tune into our show and listen to our podcast it means a lot to us to have that many Listeners out there in the world,
0: which is I never thought it would happen that I would actually have people outside of the US actually wanting to listen to my voice Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just even like some of my favorite countries I've always wanted to go to are listening to us. So I think it's quite amazing and a little bit overwhelming.
1: Yes, and then the next, the next statistic was, even in 2020, you still found ways to keep creating. Mm-hmm. So we've dropped about 1,134 minutes of content over 23 episodes, which mm. I, I tweeted about this, but every minute we put into this podcast alone, not just the recordings, but the planning we put into each episode, the mm-hmm. editing that takes time to get through, mm. and everything in between like we we do it all for you guys Mm -hmm. first and foremost like we want to keep you guys interested updated you know and and just keep doing what we're doing and still enjoying it so we again want to thank you and we appreciate you for tuning in and taking the time to listen to our podcast
0: and as long as you guys keep tuning in we're gonna keep keep bringing up stuff you know and we're gonna definitely because that's what's important is that we want to entertain ourselves and we want to entertain you
1: yeah, so, you know, if, like, I, you, and we hope that by next year, 2021 of next year, same time, when they do another wrap-up, uh, hopefully our statistics may double, if not get a little bit more higher. So if you really enjoy our podcast and you want to share it with friends and family who you think might enjoy this, please do. And go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I just had to kick Colin's butt today because he hasn't been updating the Facebook page since I've de- that, I, since I've deactivated my account sorry hopefully we'll do better with that right Colin <laughs> are yeah. we going to do better next year
0: <laughs> yes just don't whip me with a belt again
1: just 2021's <sighs> coming up in less than 30 days so let's do better
0: I'm scared and pressured <laughs> okay but no so um
1: with that being said Oh, I wanted to say something what
0: Fuck, I forgot what I was going to say. Damn it. Okay,
1: well, if you remember, save it for the end, okay? Oh, also,
0: I didn't, this is something else, but, hi, Adam. Okay, cool.
1: So, with that being said, let's go ahead and jump right into what the topic of discussion is for today's episode.
0: Ooh, ooh, I know what I was going to say.
1: Save it for the ending.
0: Fine. Okay, (laughs) hold that
1: thought until the end, so let's just jump right into it.
0: So, here's what we're going to talk about today, people. Okay. We're going to talk about our favorite killing scenes in scary movies
1: yes and you know another thing too in terms of the social media this may be a one and only episode where we do stuff like this but if you really do enjoy these kinds of things like these segments like the remake debates the quizzes the trivias and the countdowns let us know in comments on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or even just comments on, on whatever platform you're listening to, let us know how you feel about these, because we would like to do more of these. So please let us know if you would like to hear more of these. But yeah, we're going to talk about Best Horror Movie Kills. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've am i picked... Well, I wrote down six, but I'm going to do five. And then Colin's got five he wants to share that his are his favorite. And then if we... You know, want to do more because we we can't do more than five.
0: No, it I just have take way up too much time. I
1: have way more than five that I would like to share, but not in like a forty-five minute podcast. Yeah, you can episode. always do it
0: another day. You're fine. Yeah. But anyway, so, let's let's go into our countdown. I'll have her go first.
1: I think we'll go back and forth. I'll yeah. t- I'll say one. You say one, and then we'll go back and forth. So my favorite is one of your favorite movies, but it's Ooh. and we talked about this oh. in a. Remake debate. Uh, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. You're going to
0: pick that one, really. What? That's mine.
1: What? The, the Tina's death? Yeah. Yeah, pick I picked that one. you
0: bitches. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you steal my idea? <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, all right. Oh, I got I got other cracking. ones. I got other ones. It's fine.
1: My face is cracking now. Oh shit. Anyway. Well, that's
0: what you get. Anyway. So
1: mm-hmm. I picked Tina's slash Chris's death scene because, like we mentioned, yeah. this scene is also in the t- 2010 remake. But I think that's a very creative scene. You know, I like I like the way they executed it in both movies,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's in in the original. It's the first scene. It's the first death scene to occur, to occur where we don't. We kind of see a bit of Freddy, but it, overall, throughout the whole part, but I think we that's don't what see made him. It
0: so great, though, because he had a little bit of time in there, and it just. You don't have to have too much of him, because if you have a little bit, if you had too much of him in the first movie, it's not that scary.
1: Well, the thing is, too, is like I like that it's a scene that initiated the fact that the 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 threat of the the threat to the main characters, like our heroes or whatever, mm-hmm. it's something that is otherworldly and completely out of their control. Because it's, you know, in, in the original, Rod is the one who's with Tina when she dies, and he's watching her being tossed around in the air. Like
0: a damn rag doll. And he,
1: he can't see who it is. Yeah. And he's realizing, like... I, I don't know what to do here. Like, I don't know how to save her. I can't just reach up and grab her. Cause she's like flailing around mm-hmm. and I can't see her attacker. He's like, what do I do here?
0: Yeah. And it's,
1: f- and, it, and it's one of those instances where they realize like, this is something that may be out of our league, here, Yeah. which is scary. It's mm-hmm. a scary thought.
0: I know. And the part, my favorite part in that scene mm-hmm. is when Freddie, you don't see Freddie, but you see Freddie grabbing Tina by the legs and hitting her boyfriend and her, her boyfriend hits the corner wall and the lamp falls down and breaks and everything. And all you hear in the background is Freddie laughing because he thinks <laughs> it's hilarious.
1: I'm just shaking my head at you sometimes. Why? Some I think of the things that you say. I
0: think it's hilarious that that happened. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know it's a fucked up for. I'm going, for, team, I'm going yeah. for
1: overall originality and creativity, and you're like, oh, I thought it was funny when he got hit by Tina, and I'm well, like... The
0: little quirky parts in movies, especially with the little killing scenes, are just hilarious. I'm sorry. I just, I just <sighs> thought I'd point that out there.
1: But it was one of my... It's one of my favorite kill scenes in horror movies. Oh, yeah.
0: That's a good one. I actually... You know what? I like that one because I was going to say something like that, Mm -hmm. but you took it from me, but I appreciate you said it. I do.
1: All right. Your turn. What's your favorite?
0: My favorite scene. Oh, my God. It's in 1987's Hellraiser. Okay. When when the Cenobites got Frank and put him in a trap because Kirstie, his his niece, was uh, setting up this whole thing where they were um, setting up a trap for Frank. Who was disguised as Kirsty's dad? Okay. Because basically, Frank, in order for him to come back and everything, Is it he Kristen
1: or Kirsten? Kirsty. Kirsty. Yeah, it is Kirsty. What kind of a fucking name is Kirsty? I,
0: I know I, there are girls who are named Kirsty out there, right? Everyone like Kirsten Dunst. She probably has a nickname Kirsty. So I don't know. But anyway, that's not the point. The point is that. He comes in, and he's, like, seeing her and everything, and all of a sudden, the Cenobites come out of nowhere in the attic, and mm-hmm. literally, he's pissed off because he feels like he's been trapped, and then all of a sudden, they take chains and hooks and, and hook him up to these things, and his whole body is stretched out. And the last thing that he says as he's staring at Kirsty is, Jesus wept. And the minute he said that... Isn't
1: that like one of the most iconic lines from the movie itself? Yes, it is.
0: And it's actually my favorite line because the way he says it and everything, it's like he looks like he's in pain, but he's all right because he likes it. And he's like, Mm -hmm. Jesus wept. And then all of a sudden when he said that, he has this really disturbing smile. And Kirstie runs out of the room. And the minute that happens, they pull his body apart and he like basically explodes okay and literally it was just it's perfect gore at his best and just a mixture of that of the pain and pleasure that he wants and them trying to get him back into the box and just you know just that whole killing scene was just perfect
1: okay see i've never seen any of the hellraiser movies so you need I would to know what- you
0: need to and everyone out there who's listening right now who's probably seen hellraiser really would want you to watch it too
1: i don't know Hellraiser razors just a little too out there for me.
0: Well, that's the whole point. I, I loved it because it was out there. It was weird. It was everything that wasn't coming out at the time. It was it was a fresh, it was a breath of fresh air for horror movies. Okay. And Clive Barker, he was just he had this way of telling a story was just so mysterious and perfect. And that's why he came up with other great movies like uh, The New Breed and Candyman.
1: Oh, he came up with Candyman. I love Candyman. Yeah, he
0: wrote Candyman. He... Candyman
1: is so cool, and I'm I can't wait for Jordan Peele's mm-hmm. adaptation of it. That's gonna it, be a good one. It's gonna be a good fucking movie. I
0: mean, I love Get Out, and Get Out was such a great horror flick. So I feel like if anything, if Us
1: you... was weird.
0: Us is Us was very Us is like the very quintus... strange. Us is like the like the Hellraiser of weird. It's like that kind of kind of, but more of Us is psychological. Yes. Then freaking, but Jordan,
1: Jordan Peele's been kicking ass with horror movies. He and really has psychological thrillers. This is a
0: man who's a comedian, a comedian who's from Mad TV and did yeah. Jordan and Peele, Key and Peele, Key and Peele, I'm
1: Jordan and Peele. I'm pretty sure there was
0: more than just one of them. Colin. Key and Peele, and he did Mad TV, and then he switched from that. To doing horror movies.
1: I know. And he, like I said, he's been kicking ass. Like, I love it. He's so yeah. fucking good at actually, what he does.
0: And he was actually the host for the Twilight Zone uh, remake show.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. cool. I love him.
0: So, if you so, guys haven't got a chance, go watch Us and Get Out and all that stuff. And I'm super yeah. excited to watch Candyman, the new one. And plus, Tony Todd's coming back as oh, Candyman. Oh, yeah. So, I think it's cool to just still keep the formula.
1: Yeah, buddy. I
0: know, right? <laughs> hi Pat Ow.
1: I'm excited. <laughs> it's and I think that's definitely a remake debate that we'll do if if I really enjoy the remake. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I, want, I want to do it with you. Let's do yes. it. Yeah. Let's yes. do that. Fuck yeah. So, so I'm done with my favorite. Okay. What is your second
1: favorite? Uh, 1973's The Wicker Man. The that, that ending. What? Was that one on your list too? Why'd
0: you take it from me? <laughs> <laughs> she takes everything from me. This is what happens when you're about to get married. They take all... The missus always takes everything from you.
1: No, this is what happens when like like minds meet up and you try to do a collaborative and you just end up with the same fucking idea.
0: <laughs> I want to see the rest of your list. I want to see what that looks like.
1: So, I mean, <laughs> what a plot twist.
0: It is a plot twist. Oh, It's a time. plot twist, a plot twist. And I feel like M. Night Shyamalan was probably really inspired by this too.
1: M. Night Shyamalan?
0: Yeah, he was the master of plot twists.
1: Yeah, but he didn't write Wicker Man. No,
0: I'm saying later in life. He probably watched movies like this when he was younger. And he loved it. And he loved the plot twist. But
1: we're not talking about M Night Shyamalan. I
0: know, but I'm saying when it comes to plot twists, he probably takes this as inspiration.
1: Probably. But I digress. So it's it's definitely, it's just one of the biggest plot twists that, of its time, it like totally catches you off guard. Yes. Because the entire time you're invested to this cop and officer who's like, I was
0: really rooting for him. Yeah, like I like really, really want him to get the girl.
1: Yeah, like you really think that he's gonna go into this town and he's gonna find this missing child and he's gonna save her from being sacrificed by these people.
0: And just and every, it ends up yeah.
1: finding out that he is the sacrifice. Yeah, which and, is strange. And
0: just everything he encountered in that town.
1: Yeah, and the way
0: they did it, like the cinematography of it, was just perfect. It was right on key. Yeah, and I loved.
1: Yeah. It catches him and the audience completely off guard.
0: I think that's the thing that a lot of plot twist movie la- movies later in life are missing. Is that is is that that you don't tell the the plot twist during the middle of it? Mm-hmm. I feel like some movies have actually done that.
1: The, let's move on to
0: your next. My second favorite is you. I swear to God. Yeah, yeah. I covered
1: I covered my pages because I don't want him to cheat off me. <laughs> Just from your thoughts.
0: My second favorite will have to be when uh, <laughs> in Children of the Corn, Okay. when in the very end of the movie, when um, Isaac comes out of the cornfield.
1: And kills Malachi?
0: Malachi, and he's possessed by the he who walks behind the rose. And his hair is gray, and his face is all cut up and bloody and pussy. And, and he basically says, he wants you, Malachi. He wants you. And see, so he, my... and he goes over to him, and he chokes him out, and all you can hear in the very end is like...
1: Yeah, like bone crunch. Yeah, yeah. and
0: I love that. That was so cool. And just, you can see well, Malachi, Malachi dying.
1: Well, Malachi was a little shit throughout the whole he movie. He was an asshole. Yeah. He and, and Isaac was just trying to, like, almost keep the peace. Yeah. But for me, personally, from that movie, and this is not my um, number three slot, but just my, me, personally, from that movie, Isaac's death was probably the best. I mean, the, the effects were a little bit campy and outdated, but over... That's
0: 1984 with a small budget.
1: It's the fact that, like, this kid was supposed to be... The messenger of the entity of yeah. you know, he who walks behind the rose and, then and
0: Malachi's and, the muscle.
1: Yeah, and then and then he who walks behind the rose, this spirit or entity ends up killing Isaac.
0: Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Well, because whoever is on that cross right there is the it's the sacrifice. It doesn't matter who it is. I feel like if anything he who walks behind the rose could have took any kid and put it on there. Yeah. So they chose Isaac out of all the people to be up there.
1: I know, it's crazy.
0: And it feels like they should have put Malachi on there, but then again, he would have muscled his way out of all those kids, beat the hell out of all of them, kill them, and then wander off.
1: Well, I think also, too, you you start to see over time, just in the, from from like the beginning to that moment, every kid in that cult was starting to turn on Isaac exactly. because of Malachi's influence. Yeah. And it's not the fact because he was the muscle, he would have, like, threatened them or anything. But, but he's it was, also it was the because, words. It was also because, like, he started to question Isaac mm-hmm. and his motives and his reasonings for things. And he started to question Isaac's role as the messenger of he who walks behind the
0: rose. Yeah. And like, he, he
1: starts to question things, and Isaac doesn't like that.
0: No, no but one he, does. But he
1: doesn't do anything to Malachi to initiate his authority over the the group of kids
0: so basically what if he
1: I, had if he had done something to malachi to enforce his authority over them that would have been it
0: yeah and Mal and malachi he basically said he was like i showed what i can do i showed them what i what they see from me and what i can do so basically they're gonna like listen to what i say and not to you yeah and literally when that happened Literally, Isaac is like petrified, looking around and just like, "Don't you stand there and stop him!"
1: Yeah, because he doesn't have that control anymore. Yeah,
0: so now because they don't. Yeah. I mean,
1: they're starting to not like I said, not only question his authority, but even the very existence of He Who Walks Behind the Rose. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's kind of a it was kind of a smart idea to take the yeah. girl down from the from the cross, yeah. put him on there, so they can lure the old man into getting her as a trap. Yeah. But that didn't work out because the guy he's basically smarter than the kids.
1: Bert, you mean?
0: Bert. Bert yeah. is smarter than those fucking kids, that's for sure.
1: But yeah, I I do agree with you and those two deaths alone, it's it really is almost like the final countdown between Isaac and Malcolm. They did
0: have some of the best kills in that movie, from killing the parents in the beginning all the way to like killing the kid also the, the Joseph g- Joseph which i felt bad for because I know, Joseph
1: was such a good kid all he wanted to do was just get away from all that craziness yeah cuz if i know? i would
0: have been joseph in that situation i would have been like joseph being like what the fuck's going on but
1: in the same sense too it's like we almost see that kind of thing in almost every story about cults it's like once you get in too deep, it's almost hard or impossible to get out of. So
0: I know people say that Chillin' the Corn could be either a classic or a really bad movie, but I just think it's just such a good example of cult movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What what to do and not to do.
1: It's it's one of those things that demonstrates the cult mentality that...
0: And how fucked our religions are. They're,
1: how warped their ideologies are.
0: Yeah. So with that
1: being said... Even
0: Jesus would shake his head.
1: (laughs) But with that being said, is that your final thought on your...
0: That's my final thought, and let's go to your number three. Okay,
1: my number three. (laughs) And I don't know if Colin's going to be pissed off about this one, too. But it's 1983's Sleepaway Camp. And it's Judy's death scene.
0: Hmm. No, not really. Really? I didn't think about that. (laughs) The (laughs)
1: curling iron?
0: Yeah, no, I didn't think about that one. That's kind of funny you said I that. I mean,
1: ow. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Julie was a little, or not Julie, Judy was a little bitch. So she got what she deserved, but in the most brutal way.
0: So so let me tell you a story. Okay. So yesterday, I'm on my Instagram, and I'm watching those little, you know, those little videos you see on the on The po- on the, the top, stories? The stories? Yeah. So I'm watching one. My buddy is at home watching Sleepaway Camp, and he's watching the baseball scene, where there is these guys with, with, um, Oh, what, are, what are they crop tops they're wearing crop tops and short shorts and I feel like that would be me in the 80s so they're playing that was the
1: fashion of the 80s yeah
0: so anyway so they're sitting at the baseball field and they're talking shit to each other so bad and the kid in the back was just like get the get the bat out of your ass and the kid screams out fuck you <laughs> and all I heard was my buddy's laughter and I thought it was the funniest thing ever just like just him just randomly screaming out fuck you like
1: <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my
0: god! That, that's such a great movie, though. I love Sleep Sleepaway Camp, and I I love that a lot of people are appreciating that movie more, especially streaming services. Because so far, I've seen three streaming services playing Sleepaway Camp on on our TV.
1: We should watch that sometime. That's a really good one. It's a
0: good one, and just I and did, like then, I said, yeah. Did, tell me about your kills. I'm sorry. So
1: as a woman, that is like probably the most painful way.
0: Exactly. To be
1: assaulted that way. hmm And this is not to, like... Curling iron killing you. Ugh. Well, you, you've seen that scene, right? Yeah,
0: that's it's very... And, ugly. And, well, this
1: is just a trigger warning to anybody who may be uncomfortable with this type of... Because it, it is, first and foremost, a sexual assault with mm-hmm. a foreign object.
0: There a lot of that back then.
1: <laughs> but it's a scene where... Now, we all know that it's Angela slash whatever the kid's real name was. Bobby, Mm -hmm. Billy, whatever his... Was it Bobby or Billy?
0: It was Billy, I think. Yeah.
1: So, Angela, Billy, whoever, is the one committing these crimes. They have a pillow over Judy's face. So, she's being smothered Mm -hmm. to death. Yeah. While at the same time being sexually assaulted with a heating iron, or curling iron, that's turned on. Mm Mm-hmm it's a brutal way to go and it's 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 terrifying and I it uh yeah What's oh
0: um, his name was uh, the character's name was um, uh, Peter
1: Peter and Angela
0: yeah Peter/ slash angela yeah. yeah so
1: it's it's a brutal almost like I don't want to say satanic but it's it's pretty brutal and graphic
0: so in England here's the thing. Sleepaway camp in the UK is actually called nightmare vacation, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But I, I, I think that's kind of, that's a quirky name. But you know, yeah. you get the you get the gist of it. Yeah. But sleepaway camp is a way better name.
1: But I mean, it also it probably also depends too on regional terms because London, I mean, United Kingdom has different terms for things that we normally use here. Yeah. So like when we say vacation, they Call it holiday.
0: Yeah, so Nightmare yeah. Holiday over there. Yeah. But but no, in the UK, they call it Nightmare Vacation. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that is interesting. So, that's
1: interesting to yeah. learn. But that is my number three on my kill scene.
0: <laughs> my number three
1: mm-hmm.
0: will be... It's funny that you mentioned Nightmare on Elm Street because one of my favorite kills is in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, Dream Warriors, when mm-hmm. uh, Freddy Krueger comes out of the TV... And, yeah, that puts, is... and puts the girl's head into the TV. Welcome
1: to primetime, bitch. bitch! Yeah, the most
0: famous line that Freddie has ever come up with in the series. I
1: think that line alone is what makes that kill scene
0: iconic. And it's what makes it iconic. It's like it was the start of of uh, of Freddie's one-liners. Uh-huh. It was like the beginning of his like iconic number of one-liners he comes up with throughout mm-hmm. the rest of the series. The, I know,
1: I know there was a few in the first one, but well, yeah.
0: But he's always said stuff like "bitch" or "I'm your boyfriend now." Well, I'm your boyfriend now was actually a definitely a good one yeah. too. Was it? And, and, and you, it would,
1: its quoted in both movies. Yeah. The, the original and the remake.
0: In the second one, he says, "You got the body, and I got the brain." Yeah. Which, that's a great one also. It's, it's kind of sexual at the same time, that line, but it's also kind of mm-hmm. very scary because he rips out the skin of his head and shows the brain. But anyway, I think
1: it's creative, like It is said. creative,
0: and I think that's what I always liked about the Nightmare on Elm Street movies is that, sure, a lot of their later movies were a little, like, campy and hokey and funny and quirky, but...
1: Each death scene was always unique. Creative
0: and unique, and, and Freddy always came up with a goddamn one-liner to finish up their death.
1: That's the one thing I will give the originals and even the whole uh, trilogy of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is that, unlike the original, or like I mentioned in the remake debate, in the remake he uses his glove most of the time. And in the original films, he uses different methods of killing them in Mm -hmm. their dreams.
0: And also, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like creativity. Yeah, I like a little variety. I think that's what I've
0: always liked about the '80s movies because a lot of them were very much inventive back then. And not only that, they didn't need CGI to make a lot of that stuff creative. They could use Mm -hmm. a lot of their their own bare hands to make a lot of the stuff, whether it was with um, um, actual actual work or like Mm -hmm. puppetry, just any type of thing that they could come up with back then that just seems very inventive at the time.
1: So, is that your final thought on that? Because I was going to go into a... Because speaking of variety...
0: Because that was my favorite, but also the other one, too, was my favorite is when... You can only do
1: one at a time. That's not fair.
0: Fine. Save it
1: for your next one. You know what? Because you've done three so far, right? Eat
0: me, yes.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Because, like I said, speaking of variety, my fourth favorite, it's from Cabin in the Woods from 2012. Oh, okay. It's the scene with the elevator monsters. You
0: know what's funny? I actually liked that. That was actually a good movie because I thought I wasn't going to like it, but I did.
1: I liked it. I And that's probably <laughs> one of my favorite modern horror movies of the 2000 era. Mm-hmm. Because it not only poked fun at every single horror movie trope that we have seen over and over and over again, but it broke almost the fourth wall in terms of how is this movie going to go? Because obviously they chose this specific group of people to go to this specific isolated location. And then based on how the evening was planned out,
0: mm-hmm.
1: was how they died. Yeah. And they chose with the typical evil evil dead. The,
0: ne- uh, the Necronomicon. Yeah. The Book of the Dead.
1: The Book of the Dead. The zombie trope. I liked it. And then like you come to find out that when they find the the underground bunker where all the other monsters are. And you realize that this has all been planned out. You just don't know how. Like I think it's very creative. And I really like this movie. That's why I like the scene when the soldiers who work for this company are trying to chase the last two surviving group members, mm-hmm. and they all get attacked by all those different monsters that come out of the elevators. Like, that's fucking cool. It's a bloodbath, for sure, but it's well, it's probably one of the most creative. Yeah. And variety. It's got multiple different methods. Like, you got a werewolf, you've got some sort of sea monster. Isn't like, the so- girl
0: from The Ring was in it, like, kind of like the same character?
1: There, there was a Samara-looking type of girl who, like totally fucked up this one guy mm-hmm. and there's like so many different other like monsters i mean because even too like and i don't know if we mentioned this in a previous episode but there's even a hellraiser type of character in there too remember yeah i thought that was very creepy oh yeah
0: it's the hellraiser character but except he had like saw like things in his yeah, head like he
1: had like circular saws Cir-
0: circular saws in his head and that was like a homage to uh to pinhead
1: yeah yeah. I'm like, that's so fucking cool. But like I said, it, it pokes fun at it while at the same time showing, like, this is the same crap we see over and over again. But let's take it a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Like, what of the reasons why we keep seeing the same shit over and over again? And they had
0: clowns in it, too? Yeah,
1: killer clowns. They had sea monsters. They had all these different paranormal shits and things. And it's just so fucking cool. I mean, I could have gone with... Any other, because there's, I've seen the kill count that Dead Meat does with yeah. this one, and there's a bond. Which, by the way, kills. we love
0: Dead Meat, and James A. Janice is really good Yeah, what he does, and just, it's just such a him and, great him variety and Chelsea show. do
1: a really good job with, with the Dead Meat podcast. The
0: Dead Meat podcast, and then there's the the, 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 the kill count, well, the Dead Meat kill count, right? Yeah. Yes. And and all just, it's so fun and entertaining. We, now,
1: I listen to the Dead Meat podcast on my Apple podcast. But I go to the Dead Meat channel, YouTube, for the kill counts.
0: Oh, yeah. Because so, it's really good.
1: Okay. But there's, like, there's like like you said, there's a ton of different variety of kills in that movie. Like, not just zombies, not just killer hillbillies, but all these different factors. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite horror movies. And I movies. love you. I love you, too. Oh. So that was my number four. We
0: had a moment there.
1: That, that was my number four what is your number four
0: my number four i was smiling when you said hmm. a certain two words
1: creature feature
0: no oh. no not that no no fuck creature feature no um no my number four would be the scene from killer clowns from outer space when oh. when the little guy when the little guy had gl- had boxing gloves on
1: the small clown.
0: The small clown. The baby clown of the group. And he was so cute. I know people probably think of me being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That kid He was hideous and scary looking. No, he was cute. So literally, he meets up with a group of bikers. Mm-hmm. And the, the top biker, like one of the leaders or something, basically was trying to mess around with him and start things and took his baby bike, his clown bike, mm-hmm. and broke it in half. And the little baby clown was crying. And literally, he stopped crying. Jumped for one second. Got his boxing gloves on and started like doing little like um, Muhammad Ali moves, uh, like, and he was like, "Come on, come on, let's go!" And the guy, he said his famous line was, "What are you gonna do? Knock my block off?" And basically, the And minis, that's exactly what he fucking did. And he did. And the one guy's like, "Damn!" He's <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: like, "What are you gonna do? Knock my block off?" And little clown's like, "Bitch, watch me!" Yeah, like, pow! And, and, like, he, and his head
0: pops off. everyone's screaming. And the one dude who was talking shit in the beginning of the of the scene was like damn like yeah it's like shit (laughs) and they all run off and it was this the funniest thing ever i mean i usually like my scenes pretty gory and gruesome and stuff but just there are a few scenes i like that are hilarious there has to be those few Mm -hmm. funny scenes and i feel like killer clowns is definitely a true example of you can kill someone but also make it funny yeah and i think that's what i loved about the movie because it's such a it's such a weird horror movie, but it's funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the Kyoto Brothers um, are the ones are like are that's their movie. They directed and they made that movie and made the clowns in it and yeah. the puppetry and everything. And they're I, known for being stop motion guys.
1: Yeah, I, I love too because we also a few days ago watched the We're, holiday movies that made us. Yeah,
0: we watched a documentary and series on Elf, and they well, and they did the puppetry for Elf. But the Keto Brothers did um, did Elf for the puppetry work, you know, mm-hmm. like the Rankin Bass type of puppets. Mm-hmm. And they also did they also did Peewee's Big Adventure in the eighties. They did a lot of the um, stop motion work for that movie as well. So yeah, they're they're a big deal in Hollywood, especially at that time.
1: I'll I'll go into my fifth and final one for the episode. Now this is one of those iconic scenes from horror movies that I've never watched, but I'm aware of it, and it's. The axe scene from American Psycho. The scene where Patrick Bateman is, actually, is, I prepar- love that. is preparing to kill Paul.
0: I didn't think of that one, but that's a good one.
1: I love it because it's like... it. I mean, at first glance, it's just two guys in an apartment talking. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, Patrick Bateman's kind of, like, getting everything set up. It's crazy. But he's, like, wearing a plastic poncho. He's laying out plastic liners. <laughs> he's turning up the music really loud. It was, like, what, Huey Lewis?
0: Yeah, it was Huey Lewis... Um Hip to be square.
1: <laughs> it was when they
0: came out with their album then. I think it was called Four. And like, yeah. yeah and they came out and with And he's that. talking
1: to him about pop culture. And, and right? he was talking about
0: Huey Lewis about how they used to be more like non-commercial. And then they became commercial after sports. And yeah. Then, yeah. And it was just, and they became such a mainstream um, equality, equality or something like and that. And he's telling them yeah. all this
1: while he's preparing to kill this guy. Like, it's fucking funny. And
0: he's like, hey, wait, what was the guy's name he killed? Paul. Hey, Paul! <laughs> like he's.
1: And he, uh, Jared Leto plays <laughs> Paul, which is really fucking cool. Which I, mean, I think
0: that is cool. And I didn't know. I didn't put the two together that not only Jared Leto was an actor, but he also did the band Thirty Seconds from Mars. And then I. Thirty put,
1: Seconds from Mars. That's yeah.
0: what I said. Thirty Seconds from Mars. And they put and I put it together. I'm like, oh my god, he could do both. And I, was, I, he's, that, he's,
1: I love that band. Yeah, I loved I loved them back in the day. Like they were pretty good.
0: I remember his music. Those music videos they would do movie like type of music. Oh, videos. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially the song "The Kill" where they kind of pay tribute to The Shining, which is oh, pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, but anyway, I digress. Go on.
1: But yeah, I think that's another one of those iconic movie, like horror movie kill scenes where it's just mm. it's creative in a sense where it's like. I mean we already know at this point who Patrick Bateman is and what he's about and then like knowing his disdain for this Paul guy yeah. and knowing what he's planning to do to him. It's mm-hmm. like fucking crazy. But I just love the subtle the subtle way he's going about this while trying to have a casual conversation with him. It's just so fucking funny. And then like, hey Paul <laughs> and
0: <then it's> like <sighs> So funny. It's it's like, da 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 da, da and like it's i like, no.
1: <laughs> so that's my 5th. What's your final 5th one?
0: I'm so glad you asked because I've been excited for this for this whole entire time because mm-hmm. um, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Silent Night Deadly Night. The scene where there oh, man there's tons of great kills from that movie. Mm-hmm. Tons. There's like there's famous ones. Even the sequel had a famous kill. Yeah. With that famous catch uh, catchphrase, Garbage Day! <laughs> and, like, that's we a great one. talk about the first one. But though. I will talk about the first one because my favorite scene, I know, I don't know, it's it's a small scene, but I think it's hilarious. So, they're going sledding, these mm-hmm. two fucking douchebag kids. And they're going sledding, and they're going down the hill being like, alright, I'll meet you down, man. And they're sledding, and they're on their sleds going down this little small-ass hill, which I don't know how they're getting so much speed. Mm-hmm. So, they're going down the Gravity. hill. What gravity? Well, that too. But it just seemed like a small hill. So, so as they're going down, the kid who plays Santa is right behind the goddamn tree. He comes down with the sled, jumps out behind the tree with an axe, and mm-hmm. screams out "Naughty!" and literally chops the guy's head off. And all you see going down the hill is his headless body going down a hill on a sled, and the heads rolling down the hill. <laughs> That's cool. And I thought that was such a creative but funny Christmas kill. Yeah. And it's just like, I wish that was Chevy Chase when he was in Christmas Vacation and he sleds down that hill. I wish that was his head.
1: I feel like Chevy Chase was going to be the guy that, um, if he was going to go nuts on a holiday, it would have been Chevy Chase. Yeah.
0: And because and, he was like, you know, like, especially with that movie, he was the king of Christmas. You know? <laughs> Clark Gris- Clark Griswold.
1: I know. I'm sorry. Again, it's the face mask, but Clark Griswold is the killer Santa.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He would be, especially when he wanted that Christmas bonus.
1: Oh my God. Oh Fucking bonus. But just the
0: hilarious part is that kid just coming out and just screaming out naughty and just like (laughs) chopping his head off was the funniest thing I could think of in my head.
1: I know. That's funny. I think
0: that's what I like about kills. I like kills that can be very grotesque and sad and intense, but I like kills that also could be in good timing and that can also be funny. Mm-hmm. But that's right. what I like. I like those type of kills where they can be also funny but very intense. Yeah. So that's what all I have to say. So
1: I mean, I like kills that are creative. I mean, like I said, the ones that I, I've mentioned so far, mm-hmm. I like them for their creativity and their uniqueness. And that's what sometimes I like, again, going back to remakes, but I like about remakes is that sometimes they can... Be a little bit more creative with their kills, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and even like in originals too. Like, we've seen, we've been watching a lot of original horror movies where they've gotten a little bit more creative with their kills than others have. Mm-hmm. And I like a little variety, I like a little bit of differences and uniqueness to kill scenes. And yeah, I think that's it for like my point. But I would definitely like to do more of these countdowns or best i would love to do
0: another because i got more
1: oh yeah for sure i didn't
0: think about it it until now but i do have more
1: because we don't just have like a top five we may have like a top 20 that we both each like if we can write down a long list of kills
0: Mm -hmm. it
1: i would have about 20 maybe
0: yeah but those are my kills that i can think about right now and i think i think i have a good good original creative group of kills in my in my opinion
1: yeah, and like I said, we might do more of these every so often and Not every
0: we- time, but every so often. Every blue I moon. Know.
1: But like I said, if you guys did enjoy this episode, let us know and we'll do more of these. And let us know what other kinds of stuff that you know we've done so far that you guys like because we we want to do more stuff like this, but and if only, you have any only if requests, you guys like it.
0: If you have any requests, let us know on our pages too, as well. Yeah, like you know, we we can talk. I mean, you can talk to us. It's not like we're famous.
1: Yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're, we're just we're nobody. We're we're
0: barely a cult following.
1: I know we're nobodies. Yeah, we're, we're just a couple of weirdos from Rochester who like to talk about horror movies and true crime occasionally. And yeah, and I, all I like weird cute stuff.
0: And I like cute things. You like
1: quirky <laughs> shit, but yeah. that's okay.
0: I like quirky, but also scary. Things because <laughs> I'm that fucking weird.
1: I know because sometimes I feel like I'm dating a male version of Zoe chanel like you're that kind of
0: quirky. Oh, you mean that?
1: Yeah, but not in like a wholesome, quirky way, like she is, just in a weird, quirky way,
0: but kind of wholesome. Yeah, I could be innocent. No, no, <laughs> not really. okay, never mind then. <laughs> we wiped that one out. All so, right. yeah. No, but anyway. That has been our uh, our special episode for today, which I had a lot of fun doing with you. You know, we had a few laughs here and there. And we talked about our favorite kills. So mm-hmm. if you want to check us out, she will be the one to tell you what that is now.
1: So again, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, we'll be posting another episode next Tuesday, I think.
0: Think so. If I have that day off we'll be I'll be down.
1: Yeah, like I said, we're gonna definitely try our best to keep these more regular, if once, maybe not twice a week.
0: Yeah. I know. Depending. Yeah, exactly. But you yeah, know. this
1: has been the Abby Normal Podcast episode. I am Aaliyah.
0: And I am Colleen, signing off